0: top five songs of 1988
1: welcome to another exciting episode of the only three lads podcast where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999 we are glad you are here i am uncle greg we have the phd of music brett vargo well, wait a second. So, good
0: friend of the show Dr. Don Sharnowski, gave me a new compliment that I or at least that's how I took it. He called me an anomaly in the man pool of life. Awesome. Wow.
1: Oh. That's pretty deep. It sounds that like is. a doctor would say something like that. Can he write in Latin? <laughs> Cuz that's what it sounded like to me. What exactly does that mean to you, Brett? Um, I don't know, but I took it as a compliment.
0: It sounds good. Cuz I'm assuming that the man pool of life is pretty shallow and I'm an anomaly in
1: that man oh, pool. The man pool of life. Hmm.
0: And of course, we know. have the ambassador
2: of
1: love, Bueno. I don't know. Really? How shallow? I would take it as a compliment. I know. I do. Yeah, no, okay. I would. That sounds good. It sounds very... Positive, Positive, but it's like literary type of thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is that the right mm-hmm. word? I don't even know if that's the right word. Yeah, we'll have to ask him. We'll give you a while to chaw on that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. If you have any ideas, head to our Facebook page. Make sure and like it. Hit notifications and... Tell us what you think, if that's positive, negative, or uh, it just is. Or is it just a bunch of BS? It's not BS. I know. Brett is the the epitome of stuff. I don't know what exactly, but. And the anomaly of BS. The anomaly of BS. The anomaly of BS. End of music knowledge. (laughs) This week, we are taking a look at our top five songs from 1988, the year I graduated from high school. So I remember this year, a lot of hairband stuff going on at the time. MTV actually played music. Mm -hmm. What else? 88. We had. uh, You had a good mullet. I had a great mullet. You know, people make fun of that mullet. And I do, too. Sometimes I look at it. You know, you look at pictures from 30 years ago and you just go, oh, wow. (laughs) You know, but it was very popular at that time. You were an anomaly in the mullet pool of life. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yes, I'm still that anomaly. I just don't have the mullet. (laughs) I got a bunch of quitters on my head, but I'm just going (laughs) to let it shine. This little head of mine. Oh, the quitters! I hate those <laughs> <up> there. <laughs> they are a bunch of quitters. But the year of music of 1988, there was a lot of great stuff out there, a lot of pop. Um, I, you know, the '80s, I always say this because I believe that it is totally true. There was just more, you know labels out there. there was more risk-taking with music. Now with all kinds of I don't know, maybe this is an old man thing to say, but it sounds all the same. And really, some of the rap stuff now is just so annoying. Like you want to like break down and look at some of the storytelling, but still it's just, they all do the same thing after the, uh, each sentence they go, or they go, Oh, and it's just like, Oh my God, this is crap. So I'm listening to a lot of eighties music. Even my son's going, Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Is that new? But 88, you had all kinds of music and there were so many genres and so many bands and there was a lot of great alternatives. See, and that's how out of touch you are because rap songs nowadays all end with skirt. No. There was something I was listening to, and my son was like, That's pretty popular. And it was Da Baby. So I said, Let oh, me tell baby, you about yeah. Da Baby. I said, Da Baby's real name is probably John something. Uh, and it came out to be Johnny. So he was little Johnny when he was a kid. I said, and I'll tell you right now, he's probably got a big smile on his face, wearing a bunch of diamonds on his body for his promo picture. And let me tell you, he probably spent. Well, his label spent a hundred grand and charged him about $250,000 for those stupid rocks on around his, you know, neck. And it's just like, you just feel like this guy must've got ripped off. And then he pulled up a picture of him and exactly my stereotypical thought of what he would look like. Bam, there it was. And just to think, oh man, this guy obviously he's way paying because you know you have hollywood math well you have record label math too and so anytime you do anything they charge you 10 times for it and take it right off the top so the poor guy probably made no money i think they also do that huh skirt skirt never heard that (laughs) or like that mumble rap i have no idea what they're saying but i sound like an old man now so you want to get into the top songs of 1988? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking about old men. <laughs> all right, well. Yeah,
2: right. All right. Let's talk about old guys here. All right. We're done. Let's go.
1: <laughs> all right. Let's go. All right. Well, kicking off my list of the top songs of 1988 is from a band that was like a big mole on the face of the music business in the 80s, but I loved them. It was the Dead Milkmen. They released a punk rock nursery song in 1988. The song, from the perspective of a guy who is not really a punk rocker, but he's attracted to falling in love with a punk rock girl. When
0: Saturday I took a head. Let's travel the world just you and me. Punk rock girl.
1: I The song of course introduced many people to Mojo Nixon because they needed some fixin'. Punk rock girl is a fun infectious song that drills into your head and sticks to the punk ethos. That's nonconformist, not corporate. It was on MTV, but not commercial. Wasn't really angry, but had those power chords, shouted vocals, and is just a great, fun song. So number five for me this week, kicking off my list of the top songs from 1988, The Dead Milkman with Punk Rock Girl. Good choice. That's a great song. Great song. Fun. Great video,
2: too. Yeah, it's a fun video. So perfect segue into my number five as your Punk Rock Girl. I say, there she goes by the laws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. October 31st, 1988. In May of 2007, NME Magazine placed the song at number 45 of his list of the 50 greatest indie anthems ever. Brett, that's kind of low for that song, don't you think? I would agree. Okay, so the song contains no verses, a single chorus repeated four times, and a bridge. such a beautiful song. It's very addicting. And on the four times and a bridge, is that like a podcast with a pizza girl? Oh, probably not. But just asking.
0: (laughs) I don't even know what that means.
2: I know. (laughs) It could be a crossover with one of you two lads is what it means. And that's why it landed in my number five to kick off the top five songs from
0: 1988. The Laws. There she goes. That's a great song. Great.
1: Great song.
0: It is an anomaly in the song pool of life. Yes, it is. And surprise, it came out of my mouth. I bet, huh? No, it doesn't surprise me. Well, okay. You're an arbiter of good taste oh, most cool. of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even being an old fart, so yeah. I mean, what the heck? <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, guys, since we uh, way back in episode eight did the top five albums of 1988 episode, how about a recap of those? Let's do it. Sure. Okay. So, bueno, during that episode, you picked The Sugar Cubes, Life's Too Good, R.E.M. Green, U2 Rattle and Hum, Peter Murphy Love Hysteria, and Pet Shop Boys Introspective. Uncle Greg, you had They Might Be Giants, Lincoln, The Church Starfish, Pixie Surfer Rosa, Morrissey Viva Hate, and Jane's Addiction, Nothing's Shocking. And I had The Lilac Time self-titled, The Waterboy's Fisherman's Blues, The Primitive's Lovely, Talk Talk Spirit of Eden, and The Go Between 16 Lovers Lane. Good list there for albums. Now let's talk songs. I think, and this is just my opinion, that all of our number ones are gonna cross over to our singles. My number five song of 1988 is a two minute, 47 second blast by The House of Love called Destroy the Heart. This was the fourth single the band recorded for Creation Records. Of course, the famous label ran by Alan McGee, who is having a good year of his own with his band, Biff Bang Pal. Because the band fizzled out a few years after signing the major label Fontana, it's easy to forget how much hope UK music critics pinned on the House of Love around the time to fill the guitar pop void left after the Smiths disbanded. With early singles like Shine On, Christine, and certainly Destroy the Heart, they did not disappoint. So this song has that woozy, hazy guitar sound that I absolutely adore. And while Guy Chadwick's lyrics aren't really the greatest here, There's something about the chorus, or at least the closest it gets to a chorus, that gets me. I need her more than I need air. It's simple but effective, and I would imagine a tad bit hyperbolic, because I suspect that he really doesn't need her more than he needs air. But whatever. That's (laughs) splitting hairs. And that's my number five song in 1988, Destroy the Heart by the House of Love. He's trying to come up for air.
1: See, Brett, that's a metaphor. It's not literal. Oh! Okay. He just says he needs her so badly. Like mm-hmm. oxygen. Really? it okay, got it. It goes oxygen, water, food, and then I don't know what after that. Well. It's, apparently love. Love. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 <coughs> sorry. Oh. Love stinks. Oh no. no stinks. I like love. I'm just kidding. It's nah. all right. It's just <laughs> hard for me. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I'm a pain in the gluteus ah. maximus.
0: Oh, sorry, Greg. <laughs> if you ever need a shoulder to cry on, let us know. Yeah, I
1: got my three-legged dog. He listens. Yeah. Dog and beer. <laughs> and you got yeah. That's, that's where my tears go. All right. A, all right. <laughs> it's already uh, going off the rails. Okay. At number four this week for me is uh, a song that was originally released by the band called Holly and the Italians, but in 1988, Transition Vamp amped up their distortion-driven guitar version of tell that girl to shut up. Now the version has a lot of energy. And what got me listening to this song once again is I was driving Phoenix, who's the five-year-old in my life. He was in the back seat and I was playing something and he was like giggling and said, did they just tell somebody to shut up? And I can't remember what song it was, but I was like, no, but do you wanna hear a song where they're telling people to shut up? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so I put on this song, and uh, then it became his favorite song. And nothing gives me more joy than when he's at his grandparents' house and goes to their smart speaker and says, Alexa, play transition vamp, tell that girl to shut up. And he's there singing on the top of his lungs, grandma, grandpa going, shut up. I right, oh my God, shut up. Oh my God. It's not like they're like cussing, it's just tell that girl to shut up. He was playing Little League Baseball, and they usually go up to the plate with a song like the pros do. He wanted this song, uh, Tell That Girl to Shut Up. But um, everyone talked him out of it. said, probably it's not a great song to play. So we went with Life is a Highway uh, from the Cars movie, but he likes yeah. that song too. But I'm glad right. that I am warping his brain and that's why Transition Vamp Tell That Girl to Shut Up, my number four song of 1988 this week. Have you taught him how to break stuff yet? Oh, he already knows how to break stuff. <laughs> Phoenix is one of those kids. Um, uh-huh. He is a you talk about, he is a boy. He walks into the room and things fall over. Um, it gets loud. Uh, he's like a little mini tornado earthquake all wrapped into one. He's the type of kid that he has no fear. Like he's oh. he's going to be the one doing backflips on like a motocross one day. He's trying to do <laughs> backflips off the back of a couch. And you're like, dude, what are you doing? You can land totally on your neck. Like, it's like, it's, it's, it's like this, I don't know. It's this balance of like, I really appreciate he has no fear. But then again, I don't want him to land on the back of his head. And I don't want to teach him my fear because fear isn't real. Fear is something we put into our own heads. So let him have that mindset. If I can achieve anything, but still, then you have those uh, mental pictures of him landing on the back of his head and then you got to clean up see. blood and all that stuff so yeah crashing no through fun. A, a glass table or something oh that's nothing him <laughs> 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 like we'll be at the park and he'll be on his bike and like other fathers will be like you know like all of a sudden like swallowing their tongue because he's on his bike and how is he going to make that turn he's like a now a six-year-old motocross you know whoosh, you know just does the turn it keeps on going and it's like whoa I didn't see that coming. I'm like, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> well, he's definitely an anomaly in the boy pool of life. Oh, he's nuts. <laughs> yeah. He is nuts.
2: <laughs> well, in the uh, information pool of society, uh, let's jump into my number four. So we're going to walk away. Uh, this uh, information society is an American band from Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. And uh, my number four is Walking Away. It's the second single from their first record. This song contains samples of William, William Shackner and James T Kirk saying it is useless to resist us from the Star Trek episode Mirror Mirror and Scotty saying let's go see from uh, the Star Trek episode A Wolf in the Fold and this is a fun little ditty it always gets me up and moving and this first album was really really good oh, they- So uh, that's my number four top five songs from 1988, Information Society, I'm Walking Away. Great track. Yeah. Everyone
1: knows, I want to know yep. what you're yep. thinking. Yep. Tell me what song. Remember that guy? You couldn't escape that song either. Uh-huh. Oh, no. i take famous. Walking
0: Away over that any day, though. Yeah, me yeah, too. yeah. That's why I jumped on my number four here. So. Well, fantastic. That's great. All right. Well, for number four, I originally had... Under the Milky Way by The Church, because I love the eerie, melancholic atmosphere of the track, but I kept hearing the insistent, delayed guitar riff for Reptile in my head, repeating over and over and over again until it drove me crazy. So I picked it. Reptile by The Church is my number four, and there's just something so thrillingly dramatic about this track. It's got that intense riff that builds a psychedelic tension throughout the song, and Steve Kilby's vocals go from a cool detachment in the verses to near manic fervor in the chorus, or at least as uh, close as Steve Kilby can get. The lyrics seem to be a simple Garden of Eden parable about succumbing to temptation, although if you read about the backstory, the song originally grabbed its inspiration actually from an encounter with a real reptile. The entire band gets writing credit on this one, which makes perfect sense because they are firing on all cylinders here. I love the church. I love this track. And it's landing at number four this week for me. Reptile.
1: Great song. Yes. The whole record is amazing. We almost had a crossover. I almost mm-hmm. picked it just because of the guitar rift that yeah. starts that song. Under the Milky Way, I think, was a bigger hit. They were reptile. It was well far. Yeah, but yeah. reptile is definitely the song that draws me to the church. And so great pick. I almost picked it. Didn't make my list. Probably my that would be an honorable mention at number six for me. Fair so enough. Just missed oh. it. All right. Well, don't forget. The Only Three Lads Podcast. We are on all platforms like Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, Apple, and the iHeartRadio oh, app. slow
2: down. I got to write all those down. That's way too fast.
1: Oh, we could say yeah. really slow. We're and on Amazon, and Amazon Spotify, <laughs> Stitcher, TuneIn, <laughs> <Got> Spreaker, <it. laughs> Apple, and the iHeartRadio yeah. This is compelling entertainment. Oh, Thank you, Uncle Greg. Maybe only for me. But yeah. if you do have a smart speaker, just say load the only three lads podcast, and we'll be hanging out with you. We'll be going on with our list of our top songs of 1988 after this. You're See, right. and everyone said smoking weed in high school wouldn't pay off. <laughs> Look so at
0: Look at you now. Look <laughs> oh, at me. I'll I tell you
1: what I am now. <laughs> From the era that brought you Where's the Beef? Where's the Beef? And Max Headroom. This is Ma- Ma- Max Headroom. And what you're about to
2: witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros.
1: Buckle up and experience only
0: three lads. Thank you for the positive response to our top albums of 1976 episode featuring special guest author Francois Pillay. We had a lot of fun with that one. Some of you also sent in your 1976 list, including Joshua Daniel Cole. His list is number five, Genesis Wind and Weathering, number four, Queen, A Day at the Races, number three, Boston Self-Titled, number two, David Bowie Station to Station, and number one, Rush 2112. Joshua has also been doing us an incredible service by curating O3L playlists on Spotify every week, so make sure to check those out. Now back to the show.
1: Thanks for sticking around here with the Only Three Lads podcast. Now, in 1988, pretty crazy year, was the end of the Reagan era. It was a a a year of presidential politics, kind of like what we just went through. But Brett Bueno, when I say 1988, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Oh, obviously short circuit Two. short circuit two. two. Yeah. The sequel to the hit movie short Short circuit. Circuit, Yeah. uh,
0: Johnny number five. Yes.
1: Who's Uh, Johnny? They said, is that the song? Who's Johnny? She said, and looked at him in that special way. Who's Johnny? You remember that song? Uh, yeah, but did it have anything to do with the, the robot? I think it did. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. And
0: wasn't Balky in that movie? I think so, yeah. yeah okay. I
1: think All he right. was. All right. Bueno, uh, what about you?
2: Uh, just getting in really heavy into music in the 80s, in 1988. I mean, just every day. I mean, music was like on 24-7 in my
1: brain. That's pretty good stuff. Like yeah, I said, a, lot's a lot changed. of music. A lot has changed in the last, now going on 33 years. <sighs> Thirty-three. Well, we're at our number three of our top songs from 1988. And my number three song was the socially conscious hit of that year. Now, the storytelling in this song touches you deep. There's no ignoring the power of Tracy Chapman's first hit, Fast Car. Oh, I love this song. This song put Tracy Chapman on the map. And with the pandemic leading to a wave of unemployment, you know, this song, Fast Car rooted in social and economic upheaval, continues to speak to us.
0: You get a fast car. I want a ticket to anywhere.
2: Maybe we make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere.
0: Any place is better. Starting from zero, got nothing to lose. Maybe we'll make something. Me, myself, I got nothing to prove.
1: I mean, anybody and everyone who is ever or is maybe currently dreaming of escaping or in sort of some situation where you just want to hop in a car and just get away from it all listen to this song i don't know sometimes i listen to it it brings tears to my eyes and i can't even explain why but it just kicks me in the chest every time love this song tracy chapman fast car what an artist number three for my top five songs of 1988 that's a great song Yeah, fantastic it's
0: just it's so different too Sometimes I, I get that song in my head, and I run out, and I hop into my 09 Honda Civic. And, man, I tell you, in the 18 seconds that it takes me to go from, like, 0 to 35, I just feel it, man. You are Whoa. a chick magnet. Damn. Yeah, dude. I am an anomaly in, <laughs> in the man pool of life. In the pool of life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. And I jump into my Fred Flintstone-Mobile and get going, man, because I don't have a vehicle, so I just get in my... Put on my walk and choosing yo yabba-dabba-doo yabba-dabba-doo all the way <laughs> <Is it that>? <laughs> <laughs> all uh, right bueno what's your number three i don't know all she wants is yes all she wants is duran duran yes, yes. Released. december 24th 1988. 1988 number two single off the big thing album this is a great record <laughs> i love it um Hit number nine and twenty-two on the Billboard 100 in the United States. A few scenes that at the beginning and the end of the video really show the band members. I mean, twelve songs on this record. Nice, nice, cool little ditty. And you know, if you haven't heard it for a while, give it a try. It is a fantastic record. The boys just got it together on this record, and there could be a crossover. But I don't know. Maybe something off of that record could be a crossover. Number three, for all the Durannies out there, and my buddy Richard Blade, top five songs of 1988, All She
0: Wants Is... What? Yeah. You keep saying All She Wants Is, and you won't finish the sentence. I don't know. Dot, dot, dot. That's dot, what dot, she dot. Wants. That's what she wants. All She Wants Is Bueno. No, no she don't want bueno. <laughs> Well, I'm going to follow my number four pick of The Church with another Aussie band for number three, and Mm -hmm. one that probably is not going to come as a shock to longtime listeners or either of you. It is a track that actually was inspired by Under the Milky Way and was named the best song about Brisbane by The Guardian a couple years ago, and it is Streets of Your Town by The Go-Betweens. Whether the song was actually about the Gobi's hometown of Brisbane is up for debate, but it certainly does represent a sort of homecoming as the band returned to Australia after spending the previous five years in London. The production on this track is gorgeous and rich, as polished and commercial as anything the go-betweens would attempt, boasting an infectious chorus and glorious nylon string guitar solo by new bassist John Steed, who had replaced our dear friend Robert Vickers when the band returned home. For a song that is so representative of their self-described striped sunlight sound, all is not as sunny as it seems. The call and response vocals work brilliant. Grant McLennan sings about the butcher shining his knife and how the town is full of battered wives, to which Amanda Brown gleefully responds with, Shine! They have to use some auto-tune on that one. Oh, gosh. In the end, it really doesn't matter which town these streets are in these are the streets of your town and it translates well to anyone anywhere so for number three yet another in a long line of go-betweens masterpieces streets of your town
2: that's an awesome song it is i love it
1: and brett you're a little flat dog but um you weren't really warmed up it's a tough note for you know somebody in the man pool like me yeah but i have to tell you this ever since i started doing this podcast with you guys you introduced me to the go-between a band i probably would have never run into and I'm grateful for it because they are well, a you're great You're welcome. Band. Like you they were never welcome. on Phoenix Radio. Never. Yeah, never. No. So, no. So, I am glad. And Robert Vickers is just rad. He is so he cool. Is. He is. He's the man. All right. You guys ready for number two? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, well, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Runner Up, the bridesmaid of my list of top songs from 1988. It's from a true artist and who I believe is really an acquired taste. But once you get it, you are hooked. Back in 1988. 88. it was a transition year for Stephen Patrick Morrissey. The Smiths called it quits in 1987. So 1988, Morrissey launched his solo career with Viva Hate, two great singles off that album. Every Day is Like Sunday and Suedehead. And I picked Suedehead as my number two song of 1988. It's really a song that provokes emotions, that i forget about you know maybe i should go to therapy and figure it out but then again as i said earlier <laughs> there's always my dog and craft beer so i'll just leave it at cheaper. that cheaper you don't get a bunch of questions so it's not as aggravating yeah. either but number get the look from the dog <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just like pet me and feed me he could care
0: less <laughs>
1: But number two, Morrissey, Suedehead, for me this week. <laughs> that's a great
2: song. I thought you were going to pick Every Day is like Sunday myself. but It was hard. Yeah. But yeah. Suedehead, yeah. I
1: don't know. It's just maybe the video. and I don't know. That's a great uh, track. That's, yeah, that's the awesome. one
0: Morrissey song at the karaoke place that I, well, at least frequented before COVID. So I would always what? sing Suedehead. Oh, really? We got to go do that. Well, we got to get point. video yes. of that. Let's
2: do it. Bueno. All right. Well, you know. We should have just a little respect for life. Song right. written right. and recorded by Erasure.
1: I try to discuss-
2: pop duel we know who they are released on September 10th 88 written by Clark and Bell. you know the lyrics are a plea to a lover to show compassion and respect and one of their signature songs and reached number four in the UK singles chart and Andy's voice is just so special with the words of love and blue and the combo of Clark and Bell makes it one of my all-time favorite little ditties man come on it reached number 14 in the US Billboard Top 100. That's it. Wow. This song could be played forever and I'd never get sick of it. So that's why it landed my number two top five songs from 1988.
0: Erasure. A little respect, baby. Great. Good song. Love it. I think the fact that Erasure made the Billboard charts at all is nothing short of a miracle. Why would you say that? To me, they're not exactly like
1: top 40 music so but they definitely had vince clark so he had kind of the danceability to it the pop of yeah. you know he always wrote great pop songs um and then the alice and moyette she was gone so then they put in forgot the guy's name help me out andy bell andy bell, bell thank you i <laughs> can picture him but he sounded a lot like her Looked nothing well no he, looked nothing like her he was a little prettier no i'm just kidding he's a little prettier. Oh. <laughs> poor <laughs> <she> alf <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yes. that song, it wasn't, I mean, you would hear it a little bit, but it, yeah, I could see what you mean. I think it was more of an MTV hit than it was a radio hit. I heard it all the time on the radio. I'm just. But you grew up in California. You think of yeah. the, us in the Midwest. I mean, Andy Bell, he could care less what people think. Vince yeah. Clark, people always thought, is he gay? Is he straight? Is he gay? Is he straight? And then you put this, these two together and then you put them on Phoenix, Arizona. Dar, 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 dar. When is <laughs> these two? Yeah. yeah. You know, hey, does George Strait got a new song out? Put it on the radio. That was Phoenix in 1980. And then you put these two guys. It just. Well, that just, didn't sound at all like George Strait. Yeah. No, wait, that didn't there's sound nothing straight, straight about, about that. It. There's nothing <laughs> straight there at all. Woo-hoo! Kids today don't realize, you know, like you could get away with saying really horrible things that would not be accepted now. You know, I always talk about it with Motley Crue and the Dr. Feelgood video. There's a part in there where you see like uh Mick Mars standing in front of a, a, a window and it says no bags. Well, these guys thought it would be okay to write that uh, homophobic slur. And then post-production, what? they switched it to bags, but just think like they thought that that would be okay. And it's just like, so when you go back to 1988 and think of these songs or these artists, they couldn't come out like they could now. Um, Small town boy. What's the name of that band? Quick. Bronski Beat Bronski Beat yep. like yep. they they were out and talking but in Europe it was a little bit more accepted than it was in the US at that time. Oh yeah, well, back in the 80s. Yeah.
0: It's another reason why Motley Crue were anomalies in the human decency
1: pool. <laughs> <laughs> they've gotten better. They they've evolved.
0: You All know, right. everything
1: in the 80s and hair band was girls, chicks, booze. Like my brother, that's what he's still into. You know, you know just wants a song to party to, dude, you know, and I was always like because i like college rock so- songs that made you think you know or had like something other than just girls booze and sex which i was all into but what i'm saying is that i also like to have like a, a song that made you think
0: but a you're lot of multifaceted
1: people yeah. I, yeah i i i think renaissance. uh i can't even say the word re uh what's the word uh renaissance man oh you're a renaissance man maybe I don't even know what that means. I couldn't say it. I definitely can't spell it. There's no way I could spell it without spell check. But I'm just saying I'm being honest.
0: Oh, boy. (laughs) All right, I'll
1: shut up. What's your number two?
0: I guess my list this week is heavily inspired by Australia in some way or another this week, as the lyrics for my number two was reportedly influenced by a book about a group of Melbourne residents awaiting nuclear annihilation. But the song itself is quintessentially English. And it is Morrissey's Every Day is Like Sunday, <laughs> yes, Thank Viva you. the second single released off of Viva Hate. I can think a few more songs that are as evocative as this one. It instantly paints a picture of a gloomy, abandoned seaside village with the ghost of its former glories now shuttered and boarded up. You can feel the pebbles and wet sand underfoot. You can see the bench where your clothes were stolen. You can picture yourself walking along a desolate boardwalk of cheesy carnival games where you can win yourself a cheap tray, You feel the sadness and the feeling of being trapped. You can picture sad sack Morrissey in full Oscar Wilde fashion, just waiting for it all to end and scribbling on a postcard this perfect line, how I dearly wish I was not here. Yes, every day is like Sunday. Every day is silent and gray, unless you're in San Diego, where it's very beautiful today. I don't want to hear about it. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's one of Moz's most enduring solo tracks. It's utterly gorgeous. It's utterly timeless. And it's my number two. Morrissey, every day is like Sunday.
1: Awesome. And real quick, Bueno, uh, what does it look like in St. Louis as we're now into spring? Uh, It's going to be like 60 today, so pretty warm for you we're cooling down to the low 70s it was like in the 80s yesterday it was you could feel it it gave me a little anxiety because now that we're in spring you know comes after that summer Mm -hmm. june 110 degree heat 55 celsius for our friends across the world
0: unbearable every day is not silent and gray (laughs)
1: no it's sunny you hey, lied to us, Morrissey. Valley of the Sun. Well, he maybe was ever in Phoenix or maybe in sunny San Diego. He was, you know, in, in London and in St. Louis. Oh, well, he's been in Phoenix. Yeah, I've he's been twice here. in Phoenix.
2: So I, know yep. that.
1: I saw him one time. He was doing it. was It was a festival and he got up on stage and they were cooking hamburgers right next to the stage. And he was getting upset because all he could smell was the burning flesh of yep. animals but those were tasty nine in and out burger i'm just sitting there eating them hey you gotta try one of these these are awesome (laughs) but that's just me all right our top songs of 1988 here on the only three lads podcast don't forget make sure head over to our facebook page hit like hit notifications and please share so we can build this community you're doing a great job We're adding people all the time. It's a lot of fun interacting with everybody and especially you when we're on that Facebook page, because we learn a lot from you and hopefully you learn a lot from us. Get to interact with this pain in the ass here. So (laughs) yes, what you're going to expect. You don't even know. So when Bueno, you know, he has you voting for things. He's uh, got a lot of cool things that he adds. Um, What else? Bueno. Well, you know, give free merch away if uh, you, yeah. know, you just want to comment.
2: And I think Julio just commented, and he was the only one that commented. So uh, after like three days, I'm like, oh, well, you know what? You're going to win something. Well, there you go. So,
0: you see, if you don't play, you don't win
2: Yeah, pretty in Bueno's correct.
0: Game of Life. You never
1: know <laughs> when I want to pull a rabbit out of my hat. And stick around, because we will be pulling our number one songs from 1988 out of our hats after this. Gosh, I hope that's all we're pulling. That's all we're pulling.
2: This is Vanessa Briscoe, hey, and you're listening to the
0: Only Three Lads podcast. Fans of Belinda Carlisle's solo career rejoice! Following Demon Records' deluxe editions of Heaven on Earth and Runaway Horses, three other albums in her catalog will get a similar treatment. 1986 Belinda drops in May, followed by A Man and a Woman in August, and Live Your Life Be Free in October. The sets feature B-sides, remixes, and live performances on colored vinyl. And UK veterans James released their 16th album, All the Colors of You, in June, featuring the Quarantine referencing title track. True to its title, it will be available in an assortment of colored
1: vinyl. Once again, welcome back to the Only Three Lads podcast. We are so glad that you... Each week, come and hang out with us. I'm Uncle Greg. We have the PhD of music, Brett Vargo, and the ambassador of love, Bueno. Nobody has anything to say? No, what we do have to say is honorable mentions. I already said one with the church and reptile. Anything else that you guys can think of off the top of your heads that you might have had on your list, Bueno? You said you had 55 songs from 1988. 55 songs, yes. Yes. Let's pick out a few of them. All right, so my, my top 10 Crowded
2: House, Never Be the Same, Maxi Priest, Wild World, Mighty Lemon Drops, Inside Out, OMD Dreaming, Peter Murphy All Night Long, Robert Palmer, Simply Irresistible, Rocks at the Look, Susie and the Killing Jar, The Sugar Cubes, Delicious Demon, and UB40, Where Did I Go Wrong,
0: Brett? Mm Hmm. Well, let's see. I had the Stone Roses Elephant Stone, uh, Groovy Little Numbers Happy Like Yesterday, Would Be Goods, The Camera Loves Me, The Flatmates Heaven Knows uh and then the song that is going to be greg's number one all right
1: let's see because we're at our number ones yeah and i don't know i was listening to all these songs but my number one song of 1988 if i can say that my number one song of 1988 was never released as a single but it became (gasps) one of the signature songs of a boston band okay of course uncle greg's (laughs) pick (laughs) The Pixies. The song, Where Is My Mind? And that's why I didn't say it. Where is my mind? The Pixies were so 90s in the 80s. Where Is My Mind is a song that was one that really served as the foundation. The music business built as their house in the 90s. So next time you feel good, bad, scared, anxious, left behind, broke, forgotten, Uh, less than, lost, no comprende, just give it out a whoo. Makes you Ooh. feel awesome. Ooh. Yeah. Get rid of laughs If there's
2: nothing in
1: it And you'll
2: ask yourself
1: Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Well, that's going to be a fun one, one, one to song edit. Of 19... 19- oh, did I peg it out here? Kim Ooh. Beals, look at that Man, brick what? wall in that thing What mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Was it that bad? Was I Flat Dog? Um, but that's Pixies, Where's My Mind Number one song of 1988 for me oh, eight. Eight. Eight, Obviously eight. indisputably great Yeah, let me show you this. the, the sound wave <laughs> So sorry if I woke you up <laughs> I turned my head I didn't do it into the mic I just have good lungs. I don't smoke. You do, man. It's another one. We'll we'll do that at karaoke. Okay, okay. All right. I am. Cool. Uh, I will probably kill everybody and the ears will bleed. But I'm going to give it a go.
2: Would scare them all away, but they'll <laughs> keep coming back for more. So
1: the more okay. you drink, the better I sound. <laughs> Woo!
0: Don't forget to tip your waiter. <laughs>
1: Woo! Don't be like Andre the Giant and do like 114 beers in three Ooh. hours. Andre the Giant. His his hand was a beer can. You could just Google that picture of him holding a bear can. You are like, my God! If that mm-hmm. guy really hit you, you would see heaven. You wouldn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> you would, you, yeah, that's right. Black screen. Boom. Your dad's out.
2: Boom. Out. Well, that will lead to my number one, Brett. Do
0: you have a yes? Do you know what my number bueno. one is, or do you have a guess? I <sighs> am going to guess Morrissey.
2: It comes from the heart by the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, you know, I kind of got stuck on the synth-pop duel, you know, my number one, number two. So uh, from their second studio album, actually released as the fourth and final single from that record. Topped the UK charts three weeks, and of course I said my last two picks, little synth-pop duel. How about that? So album version, three minutes and 57 seconds, but listen to the 12-inch version. You get double the amount, eight eight hours. Yeah, eight minutes and
1: fifty-five <laughs> seconds. It's a long Continuous. song. It's like a grateful dead that? song.
2: Yeah, eight quick. <laughs> yeah. i watched the video a couple times yesterday it was just amazing so that's why it landed at the number one spot top five 1988 songs pet up, boys that's
1: better than if you had picked heart yeah i know
2: i wouldn't pick Heart.
1: but they had some big hits in 88 didn't they or was that maybe earlier probably around that time when that's they right. had like uh alone what
0: about love what about love yeah. yeah yeah they had a little comeback during that time yeah well yeah. i know what y'all are thinking right now you're thinking to happened. yourself, wow, professor rocked fake Ph.D. You've already scaled the heights of perfection with your number two through number five picks. How are you possibly going to top that? Well, thank you to your listener for those kind words. And now I'm going to tell you how. With one of the most sublime pop singles ever created, you guys are probably going to guess. <laughs> bueno, come on. Bring it on. (laughs) I know what it is. It is a crossover. It is The Laws. There she goes. Everything about it is perfect to me. It's simple and hooky. It's got an instantly recognizable guitar line that sounds straight out of the 1964 Mersey Beat era. And as Bueno said, the brilliant device in this song is that there's no verse. It's all chorus. It's all killer and no filler. It worms its way into your brain for two and a half minutes straight and doesn't let up nowadays my preference is for the 1988 original single mix over the 1990 steve Lillywhite remix but it was upon its 1990 release that the track first hit my radar i believe it was in entertainment weekly magazine if i remember correctly that gave the album an a-plus rating and called there she goes the most exquisite slice of liverpool pop this side of penny lane So you want to get my attention? That's how you do it. So I immediately sought out the song and the album, which I found on cassette from the local library, and I copied that thing. So sorry, home taping is killing music, I know that. But I've more than repented for my sins because I've probably bought this song on album, single, vinyl, CD, every which way, probably a dozen times over over the years. Compilation? Compilation, sure. (laughs) I've got so many versions of There She Goes, it's uh, obscene, really.
1: Else can
0: so for over 30 years now, this song has been a constant fixture in my life. And I know the popular interpretation over the years is that it's Lee Maver's ode to the true love of his life, heroin, but I don't buy it. I will continue to believe that it's nothing more than an actual love song to an actual girl, you filthy revisionists. (laughs) And it's my number one this week, The Law's Marvelous, There She Goes.
2: Crossover with the old fart.
1: Crossover with the bueno. Yes. Wow, well, only one crossover this week. That kind of surprises me. Almost had two. With the church, Reptile. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: All right. Well, Let's go down our list again. At number five for me this week, The Dead Milkman, Punk Rock Girl. Number four, Transition Vamp, would tell that girl to shut up. At number three, uh, Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. Number two, Morrissey, Suedehead, almost a crossover, same album. And at number one, Pixie's Where Is My Mind? Where is my mind? My number
2: five, The Laws. There she goes. Crossover with the... Professor Rockter Brett. My number four, Information Society Walking Away. Number three, Duran Duran. All she wants is number two, Erasure a Little Respect. Number one, Pep Chop Boy's
0: Heart. And all she wants is my top five. And it is number five, House of Love, Destroy the Heart. Number four, The Church Reptile. Number three, The Go-Between Streets of Your Town. Number two, Morrissey, Every Day is Like Sunday. And number one, the
1: Laws crossover, there she goes. A lot of great songs in 88. There sure was. Yeah, there was. What and a I have, year. I have a lot of sound worms. You know, all she wants is. Yep. And then, um, was Warren Cucurello in the band in 88? I, I believe he was. Because he was. Was. he was a big part of writing that. Because he really helped Duran Duran stay relevant. Because yep. even in 95 with like White Lines and all that stuff. And then when the band finally got back together, the, all the original members, and he got kind of the boot. I don't think if it was for him in that band for that length of time doing those songs, you know, the wedding album and all that stuff, that they would still be they would still be big, but they would be more nostalgia. You know, like they go out yeah. now. So I think he had a big part of keeping that band alive. I'm, I guess that's what I'm trying to say with my eight paragraphs, where it could be just one sentence. I'm rambling. Yeah. But I really think <laughs> that, that he's an important part. Yeah,
0: he was, yeah. he was definitely an anomaly in the Duran Duran pool of life. Exactly. Thank
1: you. Yes. Yep. Good way to put it. No problem. Po- all right. Hit that randomizer. Let's see what we're doing. All right. Let's hit that randomizer. episode randomize. 56. Whoo! Jeez. 58.
0: We've come a long way, lads. How about taking it all the way to the beginning, top five albums of 1974? Bueno. You're going to have to hold our hand on this one. The year oh, of my what? birth. I already yeah. got them picked, actually.
2: <laughs> I picked them like a month ago.
1: Top albums really. of 74. Wow. Yep. Oh, There's awesome. some really good stuff there. Yes, yeah. there is some really Cookie good Monster. Stuff. C is for Cookie. Yep. That was a big hit for me, probably 1974. I was also really big on The Electric Company. So, Gordon, that was mm. my man. Gordon
0: Rules. <laughs> Told you guys about how my mom got into a fight at the uh, Del Amo Mall with Gosh, was it Susan? No, I'm sorry. That was uh, Lamb Chop, Sherry Lewis. We, oh. we met Susan at the uh, Delamo Mall, though.
1: Well, tell us about the fight. That's more interesting.
0: Uh, my mom perceived that uh, Sherry Lewis was rude to us when we went to go get hers and Lamb Chop's autographs. And so my mom called her out on it. I think it was promptly escorted out of the Delamo Mall.
1: Miss <laughs> <laughs> Fargo, thank you so much for being a mama bear. Protecting our breath. Yep, that's that's what made me the
0: anomaly of uh manpool life. No, I think I got that wrong, but yep, that's yeah. what made me what I am today. And lamb chop sucks. Larry Lewis
2: too. Lamb yeah. chop
0: was a punk. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, go to hell. Well, lamb Mr. Sacco
1: would give it to her. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> He said give it. You guys have anything <laughs> else? To, you guys have anything else to say before Jeez. we get out of here? Oh, I'm yeah. being a beavis now, huh? Well well. Who, who, who. <laughs>
0: well, to borrow from a song from a popular 1988 movie, no, not Short Circuit 2. But of course I'm referring to Beaches, which I obviously watch repeatedly in a dark room while crying myself to sleep. You all are the wind beneath our wings. So thank you for listening, sharing our post and episode and helping us to grow this community. We don't exist without you. You truly do complete us, although that movie came later. Yeah, it did.
2: Keep masking up. Eat your food as your medicine. Say your prayers. Take care. Vitamins, love life. Heart the world. Work out. Create happiness around you. Your aura. Be a blessing. Love somebody. Be kind. And always love. And, of course, be
0: bueno. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening.